And welcome, everyone, to another edition of The Good News, news here on Positively Inspiring New Thought Media Network. I'm Reverend Michael Mangus, and I am subbing in this evening for the Reverend Dr. Robert Brzezinski. This show focuses on all the good news that's happening in our world and not all the good news that's reported on the regular news. And these stories, by the way, don't make it to your local or national news. There is good happening in our world, and this program highlights some of those stories. And we would like to thank the Good News Network for providing the material for tonight's broadcast. That's goodnewsnetwork.org. There you can also check out the good news also during the week. Our first story here, blind jazz sax teacher inspires students to feel their instruments using his disability as a teaching tool. Isn't that cool? From a Tampa Performing Arts Conservatory comes the story of a blind jazz saxophonist who uses his disability as a teaching tool. Like Obi-Wan Kenobi, he encourages his students to act on instinct to feel the music through their instruments and not let the waking world deceive them. Welcome to every day of my life, says Matthew Weilmuller in his jazz improvisation class after turning the lights off. Then we have a big laugh. Profiled on a Fox station called, and uh, the segment entitled Extraordinary, Ordinary, Weinmuller teaches jazz advanced basic and improv at the Patel Conservatory in Tampa. When Weinmuller starts playing, he needed braille sheet music, and pieces would take months, even years to learn. And if that wasn't difficult enough, few people in the country were capable of providing Braille music. They can't look at their instruments when they turn the lights out. Now they have to feel their instruments with their fingers and hands. Now we've got to listen to the music. We can't read it. It forces students to use their other senses. Advanced jazz musicians will understand that during improvisational sessions, a musician has to be ready for sudden changes in time signature or key. Now, this is nearly impossible to express through sheet music. At least in this regard, the children are learning the best way for this unorthodox yet traditional form of jazz music. As an educator with blindness, while Mueller stressed turning any disadvantage into an advantage, a teaching philosophy that has led some students to tell the man that he has changed their way that they look at life. It is everything for me as an educator to hear someone say that you have changed their life. It's awe-inspiring, and I hope that I can inspire others who are dealing with their situations, disabilities, barriers, and challenges in the same way that I have. Next, we have the story about 
kinder than chemo cancer drug cured this young man of leukemia, and it's available now in the U.S. Now picture this, a very unhappy situation. You have leukemia. What are your options? Everyone knows about the side effects of chemo, and most people will have some idea about the Nobel Prize winning CAR T cell therapy. But there's also a third option. It seems startling to be so overlooked because it's so straightforward. Binatuomab, pronounce that 10 times, cured the fellow above of his B-cell active leukemia. The BBC reports that 20 medical centers in the UK are already using this off-brand stock of Lina, which is normally called, to treat this cancer, and the country has already approved the drug for adult use. Lina, again, as it's referred to, is also an immunotherapy drug. It seeks out and kills cancer cells that typically disguise themselves from the body's innate immune system. Lina is a kind of targeted therapy. It's administered via a pump and plastic bag through a tube inserted into the patient's arm. It's gentler on the body, but not the cancer. Arthur, as shown in the picture, now 11, was one of the first kids to receive the treatment in London. His family got the word that his blood cancer was cured on New Year's Eve. Having started chemo years before, which both left him very weak and failed to kill the cancer, the family called Blina a little ray of sunshine, and they say that they celebrated New Year's twice as hard. On March 29th, 2018, the Food and Drug Administration granted accelerated approval to Blina after successful trial results, though serious side effects were not uncommon. How about that? What wonderful news. Next here on the good news, a bulldog puppy spontaneously regrows part of its jaw after it was removed during cancer surgery. As the good news returns after these messages.
Welcome back to the good news here on New Thought Media Network. I'm Reverend Michael Mangus, and I'm presenting to you the good news found from goodnewsnetwork.org this week. A wonderful story that I saw was this one. It says a puppy's jaw spontaneously regrew after Cornell, Cornell veterinarians removed a majority of his lower left mandible due to cancer. Although this phenomena has been documented in children, this is the first reported case of its kind for dogs of any age or breed. Tyson, as you see there, is a three-month-old French bulldog who was originally scheduled to see Cornell's dentistry and oral surgeon or cleft palate surgery in the spring of 2023 when his primary veterinarian noted a cancerous tumor on his jaw. So Wright explained to Tyson's owners that to remove the tumor, a majority of the puppy's lower left mandible had to be removed, which meant life without a fully functioning lower jaw. The owner said this, that we did not know if we wanted to put a puppy through all of this, the prognosis at the time was uncertain. However, since Tyson's CT scans were clear, meaning that the cancer hadn't spread to the other sides in the body, the owner said this, that we decided to give him a chance and continue with the surgery. And we had no idea that his jaw would grow back. Although there had been anecdotal cases of portions of mandibles regenerating in young dogs, this did not seem likely for Tyson because of how much bone was removed. His surgeon says this, that more has to be done to understand the likelihood of this occurring in other dogs and if a specific age range makes a difference. But this case documents a very positive surgical outcome in a life-threatening situation. After the surgery, Tyson underwent another uh, operation to address his cleft palate. Says his owner that he spends the majority of his time of his puppyhood wearing an e-collar, not able to play with toys or chew on anything. She still does not give him hard food or hard toys, but he enjoys his water-soaked kibble and many soft toys. And the owner hopes that Tyson's outcome will benefit other dogs with this diagnosis. Wright agrees, his surgeon, says his case now demonstrates the possibility of complete bone regeneration when working with a patient this young. How wonderful is that? Another great story here is that a third-generation craftsman goes viral now that millions watch him fix shoes as an American cobbler. Okay, I'm going. I'm about to tell a bad joke. Okay, <laughs> this is his material, not mine. You know what you call it when a cobbler is just getting waves and waves of shoes in? Do you know? It's called a 
Tsunami. <laughs> okay, enough. This A-plus dad joke can be attributed to Jim McFarlane, a.k.a. the American Cobbler, a virtual internet star who has millions of followers across Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube that daily tune in to watch him fix shoes. Some men are born to do a job, and with a story about being teethed as an infant on a piece of shoe leather, McFarlane's title seems well-earned. He said that my great-uncle trained my grandfather, and he had a shop in Anderson, Indiana, around 1900. My grandfather, by the time that he was in his 20s, he had his own shop in Hamilton, Ohio, which is near Cincinnati, around 1918. And in 1981, my dad opened this shop, and I took over in 1986. After entering into one of the world's oldest surviving professions, he spent more than 20 years at McFarland Shoe Repair in Lakeland. It was there during the COVID-19 pandemic that he decided to do something new. And with the help of his daughter, he launched a social media presence. The success was a kick in the head and a kick in the business for McFarland. On TikTok, the American Cobbler has 1.2 million followers. On Instagram, American Cobbler has 624,000 subscribers. And on YouTube, the American Cobbler has 170,000 subscribers. Commenters note the relaxing music, the pleasurable sounds of the dozen of special tools wielded with skill and precision, and the incredible, satisfying sight of watching a master craftsman at work. So if you want to become a cobbler, McFarlane recommends, he says to go to other cobbler's shops nearby and ask if they are willing to offer work as an apprentice. And he added that it gives the old cobblers an avenue into retirement while offering the prospective amateur the best possible start. A typical apprenticeship takes three to five years. So if you want to go and learn how to repair shoes, go to your local cobbler. But that is a wonderful way of making an extra income on YouTube. I, I have a friend of mine who has a sawmill. Both him and his partner have separate YouTube channels and both make an income off of them. Also in the good news, Buck Institute scientists discover a potential way to repair synapses damaged in Alzheimer's disease. A new study proposed a strategy for reversing the memory problem that accompany Alzheimer's disease and related dementias, exploring an alternative to the laser-focused approach of Big Pharma to target two toxic tau proteins known to go hand-in-glove with these diseases. Rather than removing the damaging compound, scientists at the Buck Institute for Research on Aging aims to reverse the damage 
the compound causes by using innate protein that's found in the kidneys and the brains. This protein in question is called Kibra, and it's named because it's found in the kidneys and also in the brain. Along with being produced in the kidneys, Tracy and her team identified its presence throughout brain synapses, which are the connection between neurons that allow memory to be formed and recalled. And they also found that Kebra is deficient in the brains of people with Alzheimer's and dementia. How wonderful that they're finding ways of combating a disease that not only affects the individuals, but also the families. We will be right back with our final portion of the good news with another story and also our hero of the week right after these messages. Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. We Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. And we're back with our final segment of the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. I am Reverend Michael Mangus, and I am subbing in for Dr. Robert Brzezinski, who will be with you hopefully sometime next week. 
Another story off of the newthoughtnetwork.org. Sea otters returned to a degraded coastline, ate enough crabs to restore balance and cut erosion by 90%. And against all odds, a distressed coastal ecosystem is on the mend, in large part thanks to the insatiable appetite that sea otters have for crabs. In a groundbreaking study published this week in Nature, scientists reveal that the return of sea otters to their former habitat in a California or a central California estuary has slowed the erosion of the area's marsh banks by up to 90%. The resurgence of these charismatic marine animals to the salty marshes of the Elkhorn Slug in Monterey County sparks hope for improved coastal ecosystems and marks a significant ecological success story. Says one of the scientists who was uh, Dr. Christine Angelini, she says, restoring the otter population was achievable without significant effort. And as a result, we are now unlocking several decades of benefits from that one act of conservation. Today, after years after the otters were recolonized, area photographs confirm marshes and creek banks become more stable, and some marshes, uh, marshes were even expanding. Dr. Angelini said that the tool is an encouraging sign for her and her colleagues as they confront similar threats to Florida's coastlines from sea level rise, intense storms, and excess nutrients spilling into coastal waters. All of these challenges can feel insurmountable, Angelini said. This study indicates to us that if we truly understand the ecosystem and know what levels or what levers to pull, we can see significant benefit to the health and stability of these systems. It is an uplifting story about the benefits of conservation and persistent long-term research. Again, wonderful good news for our ecosystems. And now it's time for our New Thought Media Network Hero of the Week. And our Hero of the Week are really a group of heroes. They are the U.S. Coast Guard inspectors who rescued a stowaway dog from a shipping container. Now, it was amid a mountain of shipping containers that the U.S. Coast Guard inspectors managed to locate this sweetheart of more than 10,000 containers that fill the port at any time when he and his colleagues detected the sound of scratching coming from one of them. The container was about 25 feet up in the stacks, and they had to use a crane to bring it down. Inside were a couple of junk cars and a small, happy dog. She seemed happy more than anything else to be out of that dark space and in the arms of people that were going to take care of her. 
before taking her to Forever Changed Animal Rescue in a suburb of Houston called Pasadena. They decided to name her Connie. Coast Guard spokesman says that she was likely a junkyard resident in her former life and ran into one of the junk cars, perhaps in about a fear before it was loaded into the container. Midshipman Ryan McMahon said this, it would have taken at least another week to get where she was going on the cargo ship and two weeks without food or water. I don't think that she would have made it. And perhaps the most fitting end to the story would have been for one of the inspectors to adopt Connie, the container ship dog, but it wasn't the right time for any of them. So at the shelter, Connie is reported to have won everyone over with her wonderful attitude. And while receiving treatment for heartworm and malnourishment, she soon will be ready for adoption. So congratulations to the United States Coast Guard inspectors who rescued Connie, and they are our Heroes of the Week. And that's all for the good news this week. For more good news daily, please go to thegoodnewsnetwork.org, thegoodnewsnetwork.org. For our executive producer, Dr. Robert Brzezinski, this is Reverend Michael Mangus encouraging you to look for the good news in your life. Good night.